hands and say, Lord, I am grateful for what you will be doing today. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is on his way. Thank you, Lord, for, for, for healings that will take place. You know, like pastor will say, there are people who are sick that, you know, you are never even aware. The, the word will heal you. Thank you, Lord, for direction that you will give to men who are already confused. Thank you, Lord, for that garment of joy that you wear that person who has a spook came with the spirit of heaviness. Thank you, Lord, because that person is living here with smiles on his face, on her face in the name of Jesus. Lord, we bless your name for what you will do. Thank you for your spirit that is available. In Jesus' name we have prayed. All right, let's take our declaration of understanding as we always do. Are we ready? Yes, All right, one, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord and pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. As we have gathered again today, and wherever you are tuning in from, watching this live, I want you to know that God has prepared something special for everyone. The word of healing is coming forth. Amen. The word of direction is coming forth. Amen. There's a word that will come forth to recover everything that you have lost. Amen. Now, not just those things themselves, but you know, Job didn't get those very things back. But he got enough to console him. He got enough to compensate him. And he got double what he lost. And God even gave him you know, new children and gave him the most beautiful daughters in the land. That's how God does his things. And I'm saying that word is coming for to bring a, a, that kind of recovery for somebody today in Jesus' name. This word is driving away cancer. Amen. It's creating a part of the body that was missing. Amen. It's recovering a part of the body that degenerated. Amen. Like I said, the only thing God is asking for is what? Attention. Just pay attention. Don't be distracted. Put our phone on do not disturb, apart from flight mode. Let it be on do not disturb. Nobody should call you now. Do they wake people up to come and take a call when they are doing surgery? They are operating on you. They now say, please, so, <laughs> your manager is calling. They, they want to, there's a supply for 200 million naira. And they are operating on you. You said the surgery on hold first. Hello? Are they paying cash or is it credit? <laughs> You know that's not going to happen. And that's why we don't receive what God wants to give us a lot of times. When God is operating, we tell him, wait, they are calling me. This might be my breakthrough. You don't know Satan knows. So he calls you at the time you're about to break through. That the real breakthrough, he offers you artificial, that's physical breakthrough. And because your eyes are so focused. And listen, if you are blessed, opportunity comes but once. It's not your gospel. Even God, when he's the one that wants to give, he see calls a number of times. Oh, even God calls a number of times. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel went to the wrong person. Money, sir, did you call me? Eli said no. So Samuel went and slept. God didn't say, opportunity comes but once. I called you for the prophetic office. He did not. No. He called four times. 
You know, I told her I used to say three times until my daughter, my wife, was doing quiz for the kids. Years ago, they were much smaller than now. And she said four times. So my wife marked her wrong and marked those who said three wrong. The girl went and grabbed her Bible and started counting. And came back to mommy and said it was four times. Even me, that was the day I discovered. There are so many things here you don't know. He called three times. You know, the third time he called, he said to Eli, you called me. Eli now descend. And I said, next time he calls. So God called four times. The client that cannot call a second time is not your own. Is it God? God can come back. He's the one that can't wait for service to be over. Nonsense. Quench your phone if you want to be healed. That's what I'm saying. Put it off. Pay attention. You are streaming live from somewhere. Go to a corner. Log out. You know, lock your door. Lock your front gate from outside. You no know, people just want to see the they see the padlock outside. They know you are not inside. Go lock it from outside. Tell someone to help you lock it from outside. Then go inside. Then put on whether you are using your phone, your tab, or your computer, and say the next one hour, two hours, no matter how long you take, I am not moving from here. There are all kinds of surgeries. There are surgeries that last 30 minutes for small, small things. But you know there are surgeries that last 24 hours non-stop. Oh, yes. The surgeons will take turns. Sometimes when they've done one part, another part is about to start. The guy who did the other part will go and lie down somewhere and take a literal nap. They wake him up in 15 minutes. He needs to be refreshed. Sometimes they will interrupt to eat something. I mean, this, go and read, look, read Ben Carson's books. He would describe surgeries that keep on going. They are, they are like four different teams of doctors. So there are surgeries in your life that will last long too. You know, that's been strong in my spirit. Just give the Lord time. Give him attention. This Ozubo will keep on insisting that he must do it. He doesn't do it like that all the time. He said, today, today, he must answer. There are times he answers today, today, it seems. But for the completeness of the answer, for what the Bible calls perfection, perfection in the Bible is a full manifestation. It takes time. There are times it takes time. He heals some people. Touch, touch, touch. Another man, he put clay on his eyes and told him to take a long walk. Go to the pool of Siloam and go and wash. He told Naaman to dip seven times. Seven times for different things. I don't know how long. Sometimes one dip. In our life, is one whole day. And God will say, deep seven times. He told them to go around Jericho how many times? Seven days, once, six days, one time each. On the seventh day, seven times. What am I saying? Somebody pay attention. Even if you are not here, I feel like the person I'm even talking to specifically, you are not near here, you are streaming. And even if you are listening to this on a recorded message, pay attention. It's not live. Maybe I listen to this two years after we preach the message. Or 15 years afterwards. Pay attention. They understand it's a principle. Pay attention. I listen to the word of God different ways. A lot of times, I'm driving. A lot of times, I'm about to sleep. Sometimes it plays throughout the night. My wife and I are sleeping. The message just keeps playing. All of them are good. But none of this is as, you know, impactful 
as the one we, we say, play, I'm not washing clothes. Play, I'm not cooking. Play, I'm not doing any other thing. I'm just standing and I'm doing nothing else but listen. It's good we fill in the time. Many times my wife is in the kitchen. She's, she's washing, she's doing all kinds of things. She puts the message in to be played. The house will fill with the sound. We do that. I remember Christmas time. It was a year when it was just my wife and I at home, so everybody had gone. I had to wash cars. You understand? So I will be the one to clean the car. So I, I, there's this uh, Bluetooth speaker that Pastor Murphy gave me. <laughs> Very useful. So I put it on one of the pillars of the house, fill the compound with sound. It's good. So a message is plain. These are good habits. But as good as they are, they are not as good as, they are, as, as those times you say, no, I'm not washing. I'm not cooking. I'm not doing any other thing. What if I will fall asleep? Then I will stand to hear it. Oh, you can stand to hear the word. Once I, I once I went beneath Pastor, uh, late Archbishop Bidawasa was a guest preacher, was an open air program. When they called him, all, who were the people there? Ayorisha Jaffo, Omobudi, all those other men. There were a number of them and some other people who organized the program to bring those men back together because they were separated for a long time. That was the purpose of the meeting. When they called Papa to come and start preaching, all those men stood throughout. All of them. There was no minister that put his butt down while Archbishop was preaching. This was how they stood throughout the meeting. We were on the field, so we had to stand. Anyway, there was nothing else to do. But the rest of them stood out of respect for the man. He preached about an hour, and they did not sit down. They were not small boys. And they did not sit. They stood throughout. Why? Papa is the one ministry. There are times you just stand in your house and say this word, though. I will not sleep. So I will not sleep. I will stand. What's God asking us to pay? It's payment. It's money, in quotes. But his own is what? Attention. Pay me attention. Hearken unto me. He said, your well-being will be like the river and your righteousness like the ways of the sea. I keep on mixing those two things up, all right? But you get, you get what I'm trying to say. Just pay attention. And that's what I'm asking everybody to do today. And the word of healing will come into your home in the name of Jesus. Amen. The child that you thought you lost, either because the guy went on drugs, he disappeared, or he just vanished. I'm saying to you, he or she will return at the end of today's meeting. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He will come back home and say, ah, what? I don't know what came upon me. I just said, time to go home. Time to go home. Father, we give you thanks for the great work you are going to do in our midst again today. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. This is what salvation is. It's what we are talking about again. We have not spoken enough about it. We will continue to speak about it. This is what salvation is. What exactly is salvation? Salvation means that we were lost. Now we have been what? Found. That's how it is. Salvation means we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Now we have been reconciled into one body. Salvation means we were enemies of God. Now we are not only friends, we are children of God. Salvation means that we were destined for eternal damnation, eternal darkness, which is separation permanently from God, the creator, which I've explained that whether it is literal fire 
which of course I do not personally believe is literal fire. Not because I don't believe the scriptures, but I believe the, I believe the scriptures use what we can see to explain that which we can't imagine. I, I hope you're getting my point. And what was he trying to explain there? Torture. Torment. That's the thing. So, and the fact, people say, it's a fire. No. What I'm trying to say is that I'm not taking away from it. I'm going to let you know that it is worse than fire. That's what I'm going to explain. It's worse than fire. It's worse than fire. Separation from God is worse than fire. If fire, if you, if somebody who understands the meaning, if they offer the fellow, let me burn you in fire, why God is still nearby, even if it's just 200 million kilometers, I'll bear my point, or let me separate you eternally from him, the fellow will choose fire, if you understand what we are talking about. And without the presence of God, you are in perpetual torment. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, you are, you, you've lost your mind. Without God, you are not a human being. Without the Spirit of God around you, in fact, you can't imagine what it is like. So let's not bother talking further about it. Let's just make sure it does not happen. Let's make sure it doesn't happen. So what is salvation? That it will not happen to you, it will not happen to me. That's what salvation is. Salvation is eternal binding to God. You get what I'm saying? Salvation is that being bound, reconciled, and permanently, irrevocably with him. That's what salvation is. Salvation is that I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to be afraid. Fear of death is gone away. That's what salvation is. Salvation means I'm not inferior to anybody. Salvation means that whether I'm white, black, Asian, which other color exists anyway? Anyway, or any shade of color. I've always wondered people that they, they tell me American blacks, all of them are yellow. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> all the shades of color in between. I was asking my wife the other day that um, the Prince Harry, are his children white or black? Because his wife is half caste. They don't do the thing in proportion, so. To the typical white supremacists, those children are black. Yes, that's it. For them to accept you as white, you have to be pure white. Yes. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. Listen. So whatever color in between, you are not inferior to anybody else. That's the point I'm making. You are not inferior. You are not inferior. You are not inferior. That's what salvation is. Salvation means I am not inferior to any person. Salvation means that whether I'm white, black, or any color in between, I am not inferior to any person. Salvation means I recognize that Jesus is not a white man. And he's not a black man too. So don't start rejoicing that, hey, Jesus was black. <laughs> I've seen people try to prove that Jesus was black. I've read, I've read books on it. And it's nothing but inferiority complex. You want to prove that you're not inferior to the white man because Jesus is from your country. You know what Paul said to us? Don't worry about it. What did he say? Henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. Even if we knew Jesus after the flesh, henceforth, we know him thus no longer. All we know is if anyone is in Christ, is a new creature. In the new creation that God has produced, there's no white, black, or yellow, or any other color. There's no Jew or Gentile. I always like to drop that one in. Because every day I see people try to tip it, you know, push it in for me gently. 
Send us, we are reaching Israel. As we are reaching Israel, we need your offering to reach Israel. Some people are reaching Congo. They also need my offering. It's the same thing. There's no difference. God has no special interest in saving one Jew more than he has in saving one Congolese. That's not a joke. Oh. That's not a joke. Jesus died equally. Equally. The salvation Jesus offers to the Congolese is the same one he's offering to the Jew. The same one. Don't think that Jesus will rejoice specially when somebody who can trace his ancestry down to Jacob. Is he up to Jacob? All right? He gets saved. It's the same thing. It's one other salvation. One other person. The angels in heaven will still rejoice. I've seen people say that I'm not a Jew. I wish I were. That's an insult to Christ Jesus. Lord, you know who said it. I ask you to forgive him in Jesus' name. Because what you are saying, that being a Jew has has something to offer more than what you have right now, being in Christ Jesus. As some people that go around Nigeria, I went to a church with minister one day, and the bishop of the church, so one man, you know, there are a lot of people, don't let people use your faith to make money, just selling you things. The man was selling CDs, selling CDs of how to get the Jews in diaspora, in Aliyah, you know, in an Aliyah back to Israel. That's what they call Aliyah, movement over to um, Palestine, that is Israel, the land of Israel. So he came to, because Igbo men are supposed to be Jews, Yeah, oh, that's the idea. So he brought the packs how to arrange to get your black face over to, <laughs> to Jerusalem. So they give you citizenship. So the man in charge of the church that he stood up, he said, Well, at the end of seven, that is, big man, no? Say, everybody should see that man. He said, I know who I am. That is, I know I'm a Jew. I said, Bros. Now the can has disciples, so. For me, I wasn't ready to argue whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. I'm inside church. There's no Jew here. There's no Gentile here. Inside that service, there was no Nigerian, no Ghanaian. In that service, there was no Igbo man, Hausa man, Yoruba man, Shekri man, Ijo man, Jebawa man. There was none. In that service, there was just one man in Christ Jesus. So whoever came there to try and persuade us we are Jews, God will have to punish him if he doesn't stop that nonsense. That's not a joke. I chose my words carefully before I said it. You don't go around insulting Jesus and they keep on watching you for a long time. If you want to preach Judaism, go and find them the canon. IPOB, when they are meeting, give them the CD on Aliyah. How for, they will follow you back to Israel. You can be arguing there. But if anyone is in Christ, please don't go near. Because his Lord and Savior, who bought him and made him one body in Christ Jesus, will have to destroy you. That's not a joke. You should know where you sell your CDs. Don't go to church. Go to Betty Market. Go to Artisan Market. If you want to persuade us in this part of the country that we are from Israel, we are, Jude, we are ten tribes of Israel missing, lost. I've been looking at this guy's black face since. I'm trying to decide, how could this guy come from Israel? <laughs> I've been looking at his face since. <laughs> you, from Israel. <laughs> okay, there was one guy who carried the cross that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you know, things like that happen, we thank God. <laughs> things like that happen, maybe. But whatever it is, please don't carry it near church. Because if you carry that same CD, 
to Jerusalem and gave a copy to Benjamin Netanyahu. Netanyahu, you should have helped him to find his way to Christ. I don't know where you get my point. That is what Benjamin Netanyahu needs. What is Netanyahu? Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I don't know why that man wants to be prime minister in that country. They're always fighting him. If you fight me like that, I'll kingdom what I will leave. <laughs> Waiting, number of us. Every time, they're always investigating the man from... Since, since I was young, they've been investigating for one thing or the other. Waiting. Anyway, the man is Christ. You know, there are many Christians who don't believe the man is Christ Jesus. I'm not joking. Even if they don't say it over, you know, overtly like that, they imply it in their hearts. They feel like he's halfway to God, having because his father is Abraham. Then let me ask you a simple question. In the eyes of God, who is more a descendant of, a descendant of Abraham? You or Bibi Netanyahu? No, no, there's no, there's no catch to it. Who's more in the eyes of God? And some people who listen to us will know. The Christian, right? Why? The promise was to Abraham and to his seed. Abraham is a father of faith. If you continue in the faith, you are a descendant of Abraham. That's what the Bible tells us. That is what salvation is. Salvation is not a joke. Salvation changed my ancestry. Yes. That's what it Salvation helps me to understand all the promises of God you find in the scriptures. They are now mine. Even he says, Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem from above is what he was talking about. Paul let us know that there are two Jerusalems. There's the one from above and the one from beneath. He was talking to the one from above. We know, when, you know, sometimes I hear people, preachers, it, sometimes preachers I respect. I said, guys, I, I don't understand what they're trying to say. That Jesus is coming, they are going to build the third temple. Is it the fourth temple or the seventh temple? Which, which number of temple are they building in Jerusalem? Then Jesus will come. That's what he will come to. I said, which Jesus? The one I know. Lie, lie. What he calls a home, what he calls a place is a gathering of his brethren. That's what he's coming back to. And that's what I want to talk about again today. That is what he's coming back to. He will not, he's not looking forward to some. I've seen people raise money. They are raising money to help build a temple in Jerusalem. And I say, are you guys really Christians? Or you're confused? This must be confusion. Because true Christians know that that is not what it is. Go and learn from the early people those that Jesus taught directly, which is what actually the composition of what you and I call the New Testament is. Those were words of those who Jesus taught directly in the early times. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John gave you the words of Jesus himself. Then beginning from Acts, all the way to Revelation, he gave you both the words of Jesus directly and the words of those that he taught by himself. That's it. Those are the words of those he taught by himself. Paul, you say, but did he teach Paul? Yes. He appeared to Paul several times. Many times he appeared to Paul, and Paul will tell you, that which I received from the Lord is what I'm giving to you. The story of the Last Supper was not told to Paul by Peter, or James, or John, or any of the other disciples. It was told to Paul by the Lord Jesus himself. 
So those people wrote those things down. That's what you and I now call the New Testament. I hope you are following. Now go and check the attitude of those people. You will see, they never for one moment, not for one moment, did they hold Jews in supremacy over what you call Gentiles. They will say it was like that, but now are we in Christ. We are one. They will explain to you clearly. But you see our modern preachers, I don't understand what they are trying Which Bible they read? They seem to have gone behind, that is, backward, back to Malachi, back to Zephaniah, back to Haggai. And they don't even understand those people very well. It's difficult to understand those prophets unless you read the new, what we call the New Testament. That's how you decode those things. There you will find out that there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. What's the nation of Israel? Why were they called? They were called out for a purpose. The purpose was served when Jesus came. And he said it is finished. The promises of God were not given primarily to the nation of Israel. Physical nation. It was not, okay, let me ask you. Was the promise given to the son of the bondwoman? Answer me clearly. Read the book of Galatians. Paul said that, no, we are the Jerusalem from above. We are the sons of promise. Do you know Nathan came and spoke directly? He thought he knew what he was saying. He spoke directly to um, David and said, no, you can't build me a temple. Your son, who I will raise up, will build me a temple. And David thought he was talking about Solomon. So David went, gathered gold and silver, and gave to Solomon. Poor David. Solomon thought he had received a mission from God. I will say something that will surprise you. That temple was never God's idea. It's just that these people, they will not listen. You must understand, sometimes God will just accommodate people. He told David, when did I ever complain? When did I ever complain to you? You were dwelling in your fine, fine houses. You know what was worrying David? Guilty conscience. Are you getting my point? Just think about, assuming we are idolaters now, we worship idols. And our idol says, bring, bring a, one fowl, small fowl, local, local chicken. You understand? And then two slices of yam and oil. That's a sacrifice. And the idol blesses somebody. Think about that. Then when you want to eat, you eat well-farmed chicken. Now those ones that are soft, that the bone is about the same consistency as the tendon. You can eat everything. Then you don't only eat two slices of yam, you eat pounded yam, vegetables, and chicken, you know the chicken, and um, and panla, you know what I mean? You don't know what's panla? Stockfish. You understand my point? And all kinds of things. You know, anytime you want to eat, you look at the sacrifice of the God, you are wondering like, God, don't you want this one? That's what happened to David. God had blessed David so much. When David wants to lie down, he'll be thinking about the ark under a tent. Are you getting my point? So now the guy provoke. You must understand that David ruled an empire. The nations around were subject to him. So the man was well-to-do. He was rich. And later on, God said if he wanted more, he would have given him. 
David had money. Anytime he wants to sleep, his house had air conditioner, let's assume. It's modern day. Climate control. Then the God that's blessing him, he did not know <laughs> that God is not inside that tabernacle. It was just a place where he meets with them. David said, no, God, please, let's build you a house. No, God came to him and said, when did I ever complain? And David said, you, you, I, mean, I know you don't complain. Me, I'm complaining. We want to offer sacrifice, tent. We want to look at our houses. I hope, I hope you get my point. But God always left things like that. He used to shame people, to humble people. Have you not seen many rich people in this country, in, in the world, not just in Nigeria now, in the country, when they want to go and see Babalao, they drive, they, the road to the Babalao has no good. Any Babalao that lives in, in GRA is not the real Babalao. <laughs> if the Babalao has power, you're getting my point. He has to live somewhere after, um, what's the name of this guy's village? Nikalago. You understand what I'm saying? He has to live somewhere that you will drive, you will cross, you know. Then, then when you, you know you are seeing a real Babalao. You now come out with your fine, fine cloth. You will now you, you pull up your trouser and walk, walk. Then you clear one bush, you bend down. Something will cut you at the edge. You now meet a clearing. with an ugly piece of wood, red cloth, and one man who does not leave the place. You will now lie down. You will pray. now tell you, ah ah, talk to Ifa now. Talk to Ifa. That's how they do on my own side. Though. Then you will bring Sandy to you, and he's looking at you like this. You will now kneel down. What is the problem? Baba, it's APC. <laughs> you will bring APC matter into that long. The man will now say, okay. As you're talking, he's doing things, he's doing that. He's casting this, he's casting that. Now he gives you one piece of nothing to rubbish, to rub your head. You rub it. You know what God is doing? He's humbly. You know humility? He wants you to be humble. Baba will now say, sit on the floor. At the point in time, he will do one thing, do one thing. He will shake his head. Say, remove that cloth you are wearing. <laughs> ah! It's, no, you know, God is in that place. I hope you know. Oh, you are surprised. He's there waiting for the people to humble them. <laughs> God is waiting. Tell the Baba Lawyer, tell him to strip. He will strip. Go behind, give you leaf. Go and bath behind that place with the stream water. Because you see that power I think you have. I will let you know you don't have anything. When you finish, he will give you something and tell you, go. You shall win the election. And I say, what's the name of your main opponent? He will tell you. He say he will die on the day of election. And true to the day of election, the other man will die. Ah, ah. Then you return to say thank, thank you. And God will not... That, he won't carry that man to GRA because of you. He will leave him there. He will just be hiding there. That's what God does. I don't know why he does it, but he does it. No, I, I told you why he does it now. Yes. To, 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 I don't want to use the word humble now. To humiliate, thank you. you. You read my spirit. To humiliate people. One day, you know, my auntie those days, one day her bank manager was laughing. Laughing at her pastor, which was, I gave her the tips. One of our fine, handsome pastor was preaching. He said, hey, 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 this your pastor's mouth is sweet, oh. So, well, I wasn't there. She was the one that came and told me. Because she was playing the message. The man was there. So I said, ah, what are you listening to? Pastor, ha! Ah! When he said it to me, I was angry. I was provoked. You know why? I know the Baba he bows to. I said, look at him talking. 
She be my pastor in court. Wears a suit. If you see that guy's suit, homo. A man himself they cut no salute when he see him. Correct suit, with you know with a bit of a fake accent, but looks very real, you know. <laughs> and I mean hallelujah, you know those kind of things. Those ones that we practice. Fire ride, you get my point. Real man of God, polished. The other man, eh? hey. I've seen the man. You know, not, not this my kind of uh, billionaire BAB. I mean, alpha. <laughs> the kind of one that where they cause fire outbreak inside the house. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you if you walk any house, that house, those BAB will all catch fire. That's the end of it. <laughs> no, that's the kind of BAB the man has. And the man did not speak one word of English. The person he was, he was laughing at. University graduate with, you know, correct diction, polish. And he was laughing. That day I was angry. I told my what nonsense is this one? What, what, what is he laughing at? Don't you know the Baba he bows to? Baba that told him the day his wife would pack out of the house because he was tired of his wife. Baba that said, so, so and so dead, she's going. And the woman left. And I saw this man. So you want to see him, oh, if I, you know, that's why, if anybody wants to laugh at your faith, tell him to get away. Tell him to get away. Because I saw names I will mention, billionaires. People that if they counted money in dollars, they could give you a billion of it. They bow to that man. The chairman of that, your oil company, bow to that man. The chairman of that oil company bowed to that man. I know where he used to go and meet him. What nonsense. Anyway, now I understand spiritual things. It's God humiliating them. Let's get back to David. So that was how David, David just couldn't understand it. David couldn't understand it. Ah, what is God doing? He said, I will build a house. God said, whoa, 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 David. We, we will not stay there. David said, but all the other nations, look at the house of their God. God said, okay, build one. He said, the real house I want, that's where I'm inside the whole this from. My real house, your son will build it. So he thought we were talking about David, Solomon. Yes, indeed, Solomon was a type. But when he built that house, God came and said to Solomon, good prayer you have prayed though. But let me just warn all of you. This house you have built, if you disobey me, when I bring armies against you, they will pull it down. And they did that again and again. You know why? God never lives there. To him, it wasn't impressive. He, to him, look, you could have left me in my tent. So all this guru, 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 temple, temple, they, they build a temple in Jerusalem. God said, that's not my temple. I don't dwell in temples made with human hands, made with stones. No. Where do I dwell? In the midst of my people. That is a temple. And Peter said, we are being built as what? Lively stones. That is, each stone is alive. Living stones were being built into one house for God. That's what salvation is. To become part of that house. The early apostles and prophets, they are in the lower part of it. The base of it, the foundation, the real, the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ himself. That was what God was referring to when he told David, that your son will build me a house. He was saying Jesus will come and build me a house made of living stones. But it all was Solomon. How do we find that one out? Revelation in the book of Hebrews. 
He was talking, ah, I said, oh, he wasn't talking about Solomon. God said, which Solomon? What can Solomon build? Which house will he build that I will live in? What is salvation? To be part of the house of God. The apostles, the, uh, the foundational apostles and prophets were certain parts of it. Different parts of it, all right, as it being built. Different parts are being built every day. You are one part, I am one part. And we have to be careful that we fit properly into where we are supposed to be. And the building, let's just get it clear, is not the church, that is, physical church. One day, this man of God was on radio. And he was talking about, uh, the, uh, what, what were you saying that day? That uh, the physical building is not the house of God. One man called in and said, if you go in there, you close your eyes, you will see angels. I said, ah, what is the man's problem? If you come to my sitting room, you close your eyes, what do you see? Angels. You come to my bedroom, apart from my wife, you see other angels. <laughs> angels everywhere. Do I have to come to your church to see angels? People have seen angels everywhere. I'll give you testimonies. People encountering angels. And they've come in different forms. My fr- friend's angels came at two Fulani men that encountered him. Desert road, kind of, you no know, wilderness in the north. Driving all alone. They came out of nowhere and disappeared into nowhere. But they were full of men. It was after he left, he realized that they were angels. Thought he was talking to human beings. He said, what struck him later was their impeccable English. How they came out of nowhere. He didn't see them appear. You know, he didn't see anywhere until he saw them. And when he turned to tell them bye-bye, they were gone. Ah, he didn't see them go. And he dashed them some money. He got to Kano where he was going. He looked on his seat. The money he dashed them was back on his seat. The day he was telling me when he came to Enugu here, he said, Banky, I never told anybody the story. He said, till now when I'm telling the goose pimples, he show up on my body. The angels everywhere. I don't understand any stories about angels. You don't have to go to a physical building to see an angel. It's not the house of God. That building is not the house of God. I know many of them will get there, we will genuflect, we will dress properly. All our private parts become private. Again, praise God. Because I come to the house of God. Nonsense. What did I call it? Around rubbish. It's not the house of God. It's a convenient meeting place. That's why I tell people who want to help their villages develop. Instead of giving a church to your village. Give them a town hall. And tell them they should let churches use it. No, no, we are very spiritual. I built a church in my village. Let me just give you spiritual advice. Build a town hall. Build a town hall. So weddings can take place there. Igbankus, you know, they can happen. Naming. All kinds of things. The youth can get there, gather there and, and, and meet. And then on Sundays, let churches use it too. You can go into partnership with a particular church that you have first of the, the right of first refusal, you, you Christians. But don't shape it, corner, corner, all kinds of things. Now put angels at the front door. And people are going to now say, we are going to a church. And you think God is here. It's, not, it's, a, it's a building. What did I say? It's a building. The true house of God is made up of people. As I was coming just now, I was meditating. I said, what is heaven? Heaven is, listen to me, 
Heaven is where holiness dwells. Now, I don't mean that holiness dwells in our heaven. No, that's what I mean. I mean, anytime you can find perfect holiness, that place is called heaven. And when God wanted to create heaven, a new heaven and a new earth, he didn't just create like that. The first thing he created was a new people. I don't know what I get my point. Without the new people, there's no new heaven. It's a place where holiness dwells. That is called heaven. The house of God is where holy people are. So each one of us, we make up the temple of the Holy Spirit. That is what salvation is. Salvation means I understand that I'm a part of that body. Salvation means I have been made a part of that building. My natural ancestry, whether my father is an Amorite and my mother a Hittite, is not relevant now. What matters is if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Like I said, salvation means we are not inferior to anybody. The curse of harm is out there under that is under the old dispensation. It's still affecting the descendants of Ham till today. When Moses said curse be Canaan, the other day I saw somebody write a beautiful article on how human beings like curses, Africans like curses. I said, but if not, if not told me why they are underdeveloped. Say because they don't gather together and plan their lives. Why can't they gather? It's what we are discussing. Because if it was randomness alone, uh, how come they have such an abnormal concentration of backwardness? Definitely it's not, it's not, it's not random. I said to the people, I said, if you say there are no curses, you are saying there is no blessing. Because you cannot believe in blessing and not believe in curses. No wonder we like beautiful articles. Africans would like to think of curse a lot. Bros, you know why? Because we have seen things. Bros, we don't see. We have seen, no? <laughs> that is why. It's not because we are just so backward. No. And even those of us who have begun to study scriptures, why we speak the way we speak, we're not saying there are no curses. We are just saying the end to every curse is Christ. I read the article. You know, they put a lot of things together. Christians like to do, they like to do, they just believe in curses. I said, what is wrong with you? There are curses. There are, look, I saw a man once. No, I told you that. If you've been around in life, this is enough. You will know things happen. One of my colleagues, a professor in, in, in Benin right now, he told me when he was in the NYC in Oshobo. <laughs> he said, oh boy, that he saw things. He didn't know when he started asking patients, did you offend somebody? <laughs> In one year of NYSC, youth service, he began to ask patients, this is your sickness, so please, you and person, now they quarrel. Because he saw things that our books did not describe. He said, Banky, I have to be asking, have you reconciled with your neighbor? One year. People have seen things. There are things you see. Say only a curse can explain this. I met a man once. His child died. And when I say child, I don't mean a little boy. Big man. University student, actually. So we had to conduct an autopsy on the boy. And we decided he had a brain tumor. It was a brain tumor that killed that guy. 
And you know what struck me? That was his, I think, I don't know how many children he had. That was the fourth to die. I know the interesting part, from different causes. You know, if it's like, they are dying from the same, do you say it's a genetic something, something? No. This one died from a brain tumor. The other one died from typhoid. If I was crossing the road, car killed him. Four. He said, I should not believe in curses. Forget us Africans. John G. Lake went to South Africa. He saw black magic. He saw more things deal. The only thing is that, that's why I love him so much. He said, Kai, we need to preach Christ to these people. Because everywhere he went, he broke the power of darkness. He saw a man, a chief, an African chief, tell his people in his presence that next Sunday will set that will set the other chief on fire. <laughs> he said he was curious. Next Sunday he rode to the man's village, far away. They were both very well to do, big chiefs. So that one, every Sunday, they go around, round up their cattle and all of that. So he decided to ride with that man that they were on horses. While he was watching, the man began to get hot. This is a testimony of a white American man who came as a missionary. So the other man began to get hot. He was getting hot. Ah, he told his co-worker. They were watching. After a while, the man was getting tired. The man came down from the hot. You know, he was sweating. You know, the man was feeling uncomfortable, was complaining. After a while, he was so tired, he couldn't ride his horse anymore. He had to calm down. Then he laid down on the grass. John G. Lake touched him. His body was incredibly hot. He said, he realized this man is about to die from a heat stroke. For nothing. So he called his co-workers, guys. Because he was there when the other man said the previous week, next Sunday we'll set him on fire. And that Sunday was that day. And this man before his eyes. I read it. This is not an African man, black man. This was a white man. What he saw in South Africa. So he told the people, come, let us pray. And they bound that spirit. Broke the power of the devil over that guy's life. The guy recovered instantly. You say we believe in curses? You never see anything. Let me start telling you stories. But why do I talk the way I talk? Because if anyone is in Christ, that's all. That's the preaching. That's the preaching. That is why it doesn't worry me. There's nothing you tell me I don't. It doesn't bother me. It, it, it doesn't bother me. I, the, the one that I said, my wife was surprised to hear from me. That's why she heard it. My daughter was sleeping beside me. She woke up. Daddy, 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 daddy. I said, what is it? She said, I dreamt that you died. I said, shut up, my friend, and go back to sleep. That was all I, I just said, shut up, my friend, and go back to sleep. And I continued the work I was doing. I think I was on the computer or something. It's a small girl with fever. We'll be having visions, and I will believe it. Am I crazy? The reason why she was on my bed in the first place was because she was ill. And we had a habit, when our children were small, if you are ill, you slept in our room. So that's why she was sleeping on the bed. She had a fever, and then I, and I said, so we're not going to pray. I bind it. I didn't bind anything. My wife heard of, heard from, of it for the first time. I was preaching like this. Nothing less than six months after. She said, you didn't tell me. I said, what am I going to be telling you about? What? Small became dream. All I did was, my friend, shut up and go back to sleep. And I continued my work like, you know, mosquitoes fly past you, do like this, and you continue what you are doing. Nothing happened. 
The same wife of mine lay down and saw a bat appear out of nowhere in our room. Nothing. We caught the bat later and threw it away. Did you pray? I said, if I pray, God will have to punish me. There are prayers you don't offer. If you offer it, that is not the, I will not have to gather the brain. Please, pray for me. Why? Yesterday I prayed about a bat and God is still angry. That Jesus, the bank, what are you doing? It was a bat. Uh-huh. Why didn't you catch it? I used to teach biology. That is what salvation is. So even though I describe curses, I know where the victory lies. You read your Bible, the Old Testament, the, the toughest of DBS was Balaam. Balaam, I don't, Balaam knew how to conjure up things. The God of heaven used to talk to Balaam. Some people think he's a prophet. You're not a prophet. What's the DBS? Because God spoke to you. You think God don't, doesn't talk to the DBS? Some people don't know that. Read your Bible, Hebrews chapter 1. God, in the former times, spoke in diverse manners. It's just that the ones in Israel, he called them prophets. If you look at the world, the diverse manners, he wasn't talking about Israel alone. World, the world, the, the, the existence of mankind is divided into two. Before Christ Jesus and after his coming. Before Christ, if you look at it again, in the, realm, in, in the mystical realm, that is, in the spiritual thing, not just dates now, there are those who are in Christ and those who are outside Christ. Those who are outside Christ are still living as if Christ has not come. That's the point. Now, those who are outside Christ, who were there before Jesus came, he spoke to them in diverse ways. Those who were Jews, he spoke to through beginning with people like um, Jacob, all right, because that was where, when you called Jews, that's when it began, really, you understand? You know, um, descendants of Jacob, there were prophets before that. Abraham prophesied, Isaac prophesied. What is the blessing that Isaac put upon Esau and Jacob? were not prayers, they were prophecies. That was why he couldn't reverse it when he discovered that he had been lied to. Because many people have been wondering for a long time, why didn't he reverse it? Why didn't he reverse it? He couldn't reverse it. It was a prophetic word. It was not a prayer. It was not a simple blessing. It was a prophetic word. The word. And the one that gave him the word had told him who he would give it to. And how will I know the one who will come with you smelling like the fields and having grass and you know, what they call the hairy skin. So he assumed that was Esau. He did not know that Esau had sold the thing to Jacob. Two different manifestations. Jacob came appearing like Isaac saw in the vision. That was why he trembled when Esau finally came. Ha! Who did I give the blessing to? My brother. He said, bless me. He said, no. I have sustained him with grain and with new wine. Those were prophets. But my emphasis, he had prophets all over the world. He spoke to the Chinese through some local people there. In Africa, he spoke to different people. So, Balaam was one of those people. Amongst the Moabites, no, I don't know where, where Balaam was from, you know, son of Peor or whatever, but the Moabites sent for him because they had heard of his fame. You think God shut his door? If you are not a Christian, you can't come. It's not true. Satan used to go. Satan was not a believer. I hope you know that. Satan never gives life to Christ. 
As the sons of God will come, Balaam will come, Satan will come. I'm telling you, it's not spiritual things are real, not a joke. Oh. Because God has different seats he occupies. When he sits as the judge of the heaven and the earth, everybody is allowed to come. Everybody, even demons. Everybody can come. Once you have a case, he must hear you. Once you have a case, he must hear. Otherwise, he's not a just God. So Balaam came. He knew how to come. He knew how to offer his petitions. He knew where to plant his sacrifices. He knew how to come in. Give me seven bulls. Give me seven days. Slaughter them here. Let us examine their life from this corner. And God opened his ears. Speak. He said, this man said, I should curse these people. He said, you cannot curse them. They are too blessed. Why? Because he has beheld no iniquity in Jacob. That's what we pray. That's what salvation is. That no matter who you are, approach the throne of the judge of the earth and the heavens and say, you have something against Banky. God will look and say, I have beheld no iniquity in him. Now listen to me. Why? Because he is covered by the blood of Jesus. Oh, people think, I cover by the blood. That's not how it is. You hide yourself under that cover. That's why when we went to Makoti then, I preached it. I was going there to preach on the secret place of the Most High. As I began to prepare, I just understood, ah, what's the secret place? It's in Christ. He says, so he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's why we talk the way we talk. It's not as if there are no curses. But I just say, no matter who you are, the mo- one of the most powerful this earth ever saw was Balaam. They, look, most of the tough, bony men these days, they can't rank with Balaam when it comes to approaching the spiritual. Those guys used to, I mean, Balaam used to see things. Let me describe Balaam. I like talking about Balaam. No, Balaam, Ubunge. You know they call Ubunge? That guy was tough. Balaam was deep. Have you ever heard this joke before? Well, it's not a joke now. Before I thought it was serious. No, I know that is a joke. They said the moment donkey started talking, Balaam should have run. Because you think you are Balaam. You're not Balaam. Because cricket can't even talk before you run. Why did Balaam not run? I will tell you. That was not the first time animals were talking to him. And that was why God chose the donkey to talk. I don't know whether I get the point. That's the reason why God chose the donkey to talk. Because in my mind, I just see, you know, I just have different scenarios. Something will get missing, they'll get to a house. And say somebody spoke something, stole something here, they'll call Balaam. Balaam will go there and look and look and look and look around. When was this place broken into? They'll say yesterday. Do you have wall geckos in this house? He'll say yes. And he offer sacrifices, and the war gecko would tell him who took the stuff. Where are the where are the armies gathered? Gathered, Balaam, help us! Give me my falcon. The man will release what you and I call incantations, and tell the falcon fly. The falcon will return after thirty minutes, and he will talk to the falcon. Why do you think Balak was so sure of victory if Balaam would only come? You think he was gambling? He wasn't gambling. He knew he was dealing with. That was why God spoke 
threw a donkey to Balaam. So the rest of us said that he should have run. Balaam said, run to the king. What happened? Where could they run? This is all of us the same level. Did you notice he had a conversation with the donkey? He didn't say, hey, what? Which is what we will have done. What is going on here? Ah, donkey. When did this one start? You start feeling like Shrek. No, not Balaam. The donkey spoke, he spoke back. Donkey talked, he talked again. Say, my friend, shut up and move where we are going. I'll tell you the reason why. Because chicken had talked before. When you hear kukuruko, you just hear somebody making noise. He was hearing, eh? Uh-huh. What did you say happened? I've never seen the movie, I never saw it, but I saw clips of a doctor too little. Anything human beings can imagine, God does more than that. I like talking about Balaam. Because that was a babalao, the divya of the ultimate order. But why they like talking about him? He saw the people of God and told Balak, no enchantment works against Jacob. No divination works against Israel. And we are the Israel of God. That is why I'm confident. That's why I said last time, if they say you are touching people and things are disappearing, I want the man to come and touch me. And I swear by God that your brain will disappear. <laughs> if you say you're a juju man, you put juju on somebody, you, you touch the person, a part of him will disappear. I know it happens. I, no, I've not seen any, but I believe it happens. In fact, if you read Catherine Kuman's books, I know I can tell you things. If you read Catherine Kuman's books, because these are not just African stories, Catherine Kuman, this one woman... I think a girl that, a girl, yes, a woman and her daughter, the little girl, one of the people that got healed under Catherine Kuma's meetings, all right? You know what about the girl? One of the woman and her daughter went to a church, you know, what do you call a church, a building. They were having serious distress. And two people floated in. I read the story in Catherine Kuma's book. So they were wondering, who are these? They looked strange. They walked past, and one of them touched the girl, and they moved away. After that day, the girl was never well again. Rashes broke out from all over her body. She became seriously sick. They took her from one hospital to the other. This is not Nigeria. I'm talking about America. White man. Well, I assume they were white. At least now, when I say white, now I just, I just assume. Then finally, if you're a doctor, you, you, you know what I'm, what I'm about to pronounce. Finally, they diagnosed that this girl had polyarthritis nodosa. That touch hmm, took away the girl's health. Disorganized her immune system. And they tried all kinds of treatment. She was getting worse. Until they brought her from Catherine Kuma's meeting. And the presence of God, by the mercy that's in Christ Jesus, broke that power that girl got well. So people touching people and things disappearing, I don't believe it's a lie. Leave us go. 
You will go there, you touch, you see the liver is still there, but it starts shrinking. The doctor will say he had liver cirrhosis. But the spirit of that liver has been removed. Listen to a carman in his music, Witch's Invitation. A true encounter, I believe. Said the witch, the, 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 the man said, I'm a warlock. And Sadhu Savara said, the warlock of Africa. The biggest one is in Ghana. A lot of these fake prophets, that's why they go to collect power. The man said, I can make you rich. I cure people through dread worship. I cursed this man with AIDS. I was paid by his aunt. And he was showing newspaper clippings of things that really happened. He said, what can your God do to compete with this? It was daring common. Go and look for the music. If you subscribe to any of these uh, streaming uh, 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 music um, platforms, look for Witch's Invitation by Carmen. Listen to it. So I know those things happen. What I'm just saying, you know, we're talking about what salvation is. That if I am in Christ, that's what I'm saying. If I am in Christ, the biggest DBA that I'm aware of that this world has ever seen, at least one of the top ranking ones, he looked and said, leave these people alone, Balak. No divination works against them, Balak. Balak, leave them alone. He said, God did not behold any iniquity in Jacob. They are covered by the blood. As long as they were offering those sacrifices, they were covered by the blood. That is what salvation is. What is salvation? I have been taken out of the domain of darkness. That's what salvation is. I am now in Christ Jesus. No DB on this earth can curse me. If they put something in your hand to touch me, you touch me, your brain will vanish. I mean it. I want God. It's only the brain I want. I don't want your heart. I don't want your liver. I want your brain to vanish. God has heard me. Like I said, you open the skull, you will see brain. But the spirit of the brain, I have removed it. I've Listen, I've offered it to God as spoil of war. David used to go to war and bring forth skin for Saul. I've offered this one. God, what are you saying? Next time the man will start forgetting things. Next his hand will start trembling. Next he start shaking all over. They go to hospital, they say he has a degenerative brain disease. They will combine Alzheimer's disease, Kuru, all kinds of encephalopathies. At the end of the day, the brain that used to be 2 kg in weight will shrink to be 300 grams. Then the man will die. Before he dies, he will say, don't touch bank you. That's the last prophetic word that will come out of that Balaam's mouth. You think the Balaam in the Bible went scot-free? He did not. Why did God judge him? I'll tell you. He called Balak. And say, boys, this doesn't work like this. One. If you really want them, you have to get them out of under that cover. Balaam said, Balak said, what do we do? Arrange party now. Worship of your idols. Then send, you have fine girls, eh? Then get Kim Kardashian to show them how to dress, you know? Just, uh... <laughs> no, no, is it Maria Carey? Yes. And show them how to dress, and they will now walk there. Just tell them that God looks on the inside. He does not look on the outside. 
they forget that men look on the outside. It is God that looks on the inside. Okay, Mute, do you look on the inside alone? <laughs> and those ones too got up and opened their mouth and said, We are covered by the blood. And they went. Say, One saved, always saved. And they went. <laughs> they don't know Satan has sense. He knows to get you. He can't be arguing. Like, he said, boys, don't mind that you are saved. Just go. Let's go. Why didn't Jesus say, the prince of this world is coming. He has nothing in me. Satan knows he has to find something in them. So they went. They went for idol worship. They went to sleep with Moabite girls. This one began to entice them. There's one book I never finished. I've written it twice, halfway. Then I'll get stuck. Worship and sex control. I started that book long ago. One day God will allow me to finish it. I don't know why he hasn't given me the grace to just finish that book. I've started it twice. I was there, I started it again. And when I read the one I wrote far advanced before, I, I didn't even know where it began from. The point I'm making is that once you go for idol worship, you will sleep with temple t- prostitutes. You don't have a choice. Once you start interacting with idol worship, you lose your ability to control. Control of the flesh is a spiritual trait. You cannot waste that strength worshiping other gods. Run away from mammon. Mammon will lead you to adultery. It is not, it's people don't get it. This is, Jesus said they bring out seven spirits more wicked. They, they roll together. The demon said, man, oh, let me go in. They will kill me there. He brings seven spirits more, more, more wicked than himself. So the spirit of love of money brings the spirit of harlotry with it. That's what they do. So the people of Israel went for worship. That is it. As soon as they went for the party, they ate and they drank there. They had no choice but to go with the girls. And Balaam said, that's what I told you. It works. And of course it worked. God had to quickly kill the people that had brought the, you know, you know, you know the zombieism. The, the zombies that have brought the spirit into the camp. He quickly had to kill them off. He quickly had to kill them off. Kill all of them off. 23 to 24,000 died. Why? If he didn't, Balaam would be back. If God didn't excise those people, Balaam would have come back. Raise me the altars again. Then God will have had to, will have had to behold iniquity in them. And Balaam will say, what, God will say, what is your petition? They will not win the war. And he will have gotten it. And he will say to Balak, they can't fight you now. Go. And guess what? Balak will have won the battle. For that counsel, God killed Balak. And if you go and see the story of Revelation, God won the church. If you tolerate Balaam, if you tolerate the people that give you the counsel of Balaam, once you start tolerating those people, you are creating problem in the camp. Excise them. Tell them you can't fellowship here anymore. If they won't go easy, then they have to go by force. And what is Christian force is not the police. You join hands. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Say, Lord, we take peace away from them in the name of Jesus. Cast them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. The guy will wake up next day. He can't move one part of his body. 
You just have to warn. So as long as we are in, what is salvation? Salvation is that once I'm inside that secret place of the Most High, there's no Balaam on this earth that can cast any spell and to work on me. If you come to me now and say, ah, I see things going wrong with you, I will not bind you. I will go and pray. Lord, whose wife am I collecting? Which money am I using style to collect? Where am I defrauding people? Paul said, this is the will of God concerning you, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you will not defraud another. He listed the things that Christians do that drag them away from that they cover. I will check those things. And I will kneel down to God, though. Which one? Just check me very well. God says, if he says, confess this sin, I will confess it. If he says, stop this one. No, because we'll talk about it as we go on. In Christianity, we are going for perfection. You think you are right, doesn't mean you are right. In fact, one of the things I wanted to teach David, if we can get there, we'll try. Okay? Is to look at the life of David and look at the life of Job. Because the perfection that God is going to do in our lives, you understand? There are two sides to it. Half of them, I'm just the one mentally dividing God to him, they are all the same. Both of them are deeds of the flesh, okay? One side, they look bad to the natural eyes. The second side looks good to the natural eyes. The good one you find in the life of Job, God had to remove it. The bad one you find in the life of David, God had to remove it. Both of them, God had to deal with to bring us to perfection. Oh, yes. In the life of David, what was hidden inside him was manifested when he took Bathsheba and killed Uriah. In Job, nothing like that happened. What happened to Job? Job 29. He said, look at the blessing that God placed upon me. Oh, I, oh that I were like I was in the times past. When the, the secrets of God dwelt upon my tabernacle, when my children were with me, when this one, he counted all the good things. I was eyes to the, to the blind, I was husband to the widow, I was help to the needy. He listed all of that. God said, you see, that's why we are here. Righteousness by works. Confidence in what you have done in yourself. Job, we have to leave this level and go to the level of righteousness by faith. So he shook Job until Job said, I repent in dust and ashes. A man that never did anything wrong. Both of them, God has to deal with. So if I go to pray, it's not just God, though. what have I done? Whose wife did I take? And God will say, waity, waity, banky, waity. This last two hours, what do you spend it doing? It's my two hours you wasted it. The closer you walk with God, the tougher his, you know, his, his standards. So that's what I need to do. I need to go and pray. I won't be binding the devil that wants to kill me. The devil knew before I was born he couldn't kill this one. He knew. He knew. The moment I was born, he, he, he was frustrated. I remember once I was in Lagos, I was crossing the road. If you remember Yaba, I don't know how it is right now, that Yaba Makoli Road. One side, the dual carriage road, those days, one side was two lane, one side, one lane. I don't know what I get the point. No, think about this our road now, in front of um, Artisan here, you know, this our, wasn't it, Ogui Road, right? Yeah, this is Ogui Road, you know, it's dual carriage. So imagine that the side on the right, cars go left and right, but the side on the left, they can only go the proper one way. So that day I crossed 
that left one. I went to get, collect my, I was traveling, so I ran to church to collect my tapes. I thought I used to work. <laughs> I went to get my tapes I ordered before traveling. So I crossed that first one, and traffic was going one direction. So what did I assume? The second side is the other direction. So I only looked in one direction as I was crossing. I forgot that that side was two lane. You can go left and right. As I jumped into the, I just jumped into the path of a bus that was running past. I didn't look. <laughs> I remember the driver had to swerve to avoid hitting me. He didn't have time to cause, you know, shake with all those kind of illegal drivers. He didn't have the time. He was too shocked. See this young fine guy just wants to commit suicide. The conductor came out of the vehicle and opened his mouth, looking at me like, "Oh boy, are you you smoke more than us? That like, what's going on?" <laughs> I thought we're the lot of weed. Are you getting my point? <laughs> I'm, I'm telling the story is my reaction that day. I waved at the guy to apologize. I'm so sorry, but I remember that day. I said, "I can't die now." You know, there's this, this kind of, ah, it didn't come upon me. I just said, I bet I can't die now. I just felt sorry for the people in the bus that I put in jeopardy, but I knew I wasn't dying that day. Didn't have a shadow of a doubt. Those are the times I did, did nothing but, I, I, I ate more scripture than food. I remember that I just said, doctor, don't worry. This guy no good die. I'm sorry for putting your life, that of the driver and the passengers in jeopardy. Because the angels that guard me, they don't care that I'm the one that made the mistake. They'll kick everybody off the road. They don't kill people for, for, for making mistakes. They won't kill me for making a mistake. Those guys, if you insist on jamming, say, why well, I will jam this guy. They'll just kick you off the road. They'll pick all the passengers out. Okay? But they don't be angry. The guys people wanted to kill me. <laughs> you can't kill that one. You can't kill that one. I'm not joking. I had no doubt in my mind. So, if you tell me you saw that, that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't do, that's what the salvation is. It doesn't do anything to my body. I will not die half a second before the day Jesus said, Banky, come. Not half a second. The only person that can tell me, come, is enough, is the Lord. He's the only one. Let all the witches in Enugu invite all the ones. In Benin, thank you. <laughs> call the ones in New Orleans. Cross to India. Call all the gurus there. Let them gather and say, bank is a problem. If you tell me, I will not pray about it. I will just say, do you have camera? Snap them. I would like to see what they look like. You must understand, they don't have power in themselves. They don't. They never, even if I'm not a believer, they don't have power in themselves against me. They need to gather against me before the courts of heaven. And Balaam has read it out to them. I'll just tell them, go and read Numbers 23, verse 23. No enchantment works against this guy. This is what salvation is. No divination will work against him. Why? His God, his Father, his Lord has not beheld iniquity in him. Why? He's covered by the blood of Jesus. Leave him alone. That is what salvation is. That's what we are discussing. That is what salvation is. I talk about curses, so I know there are curses. I'm just saying that if you're in Christ, it's broken. Say amen. Amen.
That is what salvation is. I just feel like reading this. Colossians chapter 1. It's well, you know the scripture very well. But it's just so beautiful to read. So that's why I like Balaam. That's why I like the story of Balaam. If I see any Babala or Dibia that his head is getting too strong, <laughs> give him Numbers 23 to read. And there's something about those things. If they want the Dibia and he tries a second time, God sometimes says, well, don't bring this accusation against this fellow again. If he comes back, God will kill him. No God kills people. And he doesn't often invite the devil to do it. Most times he kills, he uses angels. You know, people talk as if our God is such a kind God. Ever since Jesus came, he doesn't kill people again. Which God? Which one? The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. His angels are tough. I told you that, you know, Apostle came to ask a friend that said his own angels smoke Igbo. The one that did not smoke killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. <laughs> and that one did not smoke. <laughs> so people of God, rest. Rest. Thank you. Calm down. God just needs you to calm down. That's why I don't understand all these prophets. All they see is those who don't want it to prophesy. Those who are doing I said, ah, you're preaching that to Christians? Nonsense. What should you preach to Christians? You are in Christ. If I pray for those people, because if your God arises, Colossians chapter 1, I just love this portion. From verse 13. It says, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transformed us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. That's the scripture I wanted. Those two verses. He said, in him, we have what? Redemption. In Christ Jesus, we have been bought back. In Christ Jesus, all inferiority has been destroyed. In Christ Jesus, the spiritual bondage that holds... In fact, you know, I started thinking about it. Something led to it. If God permits me, I want to do a series on the end of poverty. Yes. I just know something led to it. I just said, no, 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 no. People have to, you know the discussion we're having you know, about some people? That's what led to it. I just meditated. I said, no, we need to talk about the end of poverty. Because, you know, Jesus said the poor have the gospel preached to them. He was, he was, he said, the, the, the blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised, the, you know, all those kind of things. So he was talking about physical things. So when he spoke about poverty there, the poor, he meant the financially poor. The materially poor. In the stage of the world, he was talking about the Africans. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. He said, preach the gospel to the Africans. It will take them out of poverty. That's what he was saying. If you know... God, can I talk about this? Right now, the next oppressor 
This is live streaming. This is probably I don't like live streaming. Because I really want to seriously gist. Because as a matter of fact, just I know one of the things I'm learning these days, not to mix when I want to talk about like national issues, you know, African issues. I try not to put in the core of my teachings so I can go, everybody can be blessed by it. I just, but when I thought about it, as a continent, Africa has been pillaged, ravaged for a long time. And it will never stop until you preach the gospel to her. It can't stop. See my heart, oh, I have no anger against anybody. I don't have any anger against any white person. Even if you are discriminating against me today, I will not be angry. Why? Because back home, we discriminate against each other. So it's a, it's a human thing. So once you feel, it's feel, it's feel. Once you feel, feel superior, you tend to discriminate against the people you feel are inferior. So it's a human thing. So I'm not angry with anybody. And like Pastor Delvan said the other day, you know all these riots in America, when they, were, they, they carry... King uh, Leopold of uh, Belgium. Is that his name? Leo, is, it, is it Leopard or Leopold or someone? Leopold of Belgium. <laughs> they threw his, uh, they, you know, his um, statue and they want slave trader in the UK. They do that in America. They are putting until Donald Trump say, if we catch you, you are going to prison. Everybody just quickly left the statues for him. You understand? <laughs> Donald Trump is a joke. Now that, I love that guy. <laughs> the guy doesn't joke. <laughs> he just, look, federal crime, if you. He, He's going to put you in jail for 10 years. He wasn't joking about it. He wrote an executive order, told these guys, you enforce this law. Anybody touch any national monument, you are going down for it. After that, every man maintained. No, Pastor Devon said something, which is why I'm referring to it. He said, when you finish with all of that, please remember to cross the Atlantic and come home and come and catch your people that sold you. Did you catch that? So you are fighting the white man who traded. You are fighting the memory of the white man who owned. Because in America, it's mostly the owners of slaves. They are fighting. Then in UK and then Belgium, is the people who, you know, who, 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 caught, who transported slaves, those who treat them badly and all of that. So Pastor Devon said, when you are done with all of that, please cross the Atlantic, cross the desert, come back home, and go after your brothers who sold you as slaves. If you are not willing to do that, stop all this nonsense. I'm the one that added this last part to it. If you are not willing to do that, stop this rubbish of throwing statues or fighting people who lived 300, 400 years ago. That is not the cause of your poverty. That's where I'm, I'm going with my message. It's not. This girl that writes, what's her name? Tricia, wow, Bunny. Uh, you know, I don't know whether I got her name right. <laughs> she, had, she has an article on it. My great-grandfather, the slave trader. And he was a big chief in Anambra there. Respected. Everybody loved him and respected him. But he was a slave trader as part of his vast empire of businesses. So maybe, maybe we should dig up his grave and cast his bones into the Atlantic. She was trying to explain something. She wasn't trying to defend him. She was trying to say, look, guys, relax. The seasons have changed. Those men lived according to their times. Why am I talking about it for me now? Is the fact that they are not the cause of poverty in Africa. 
They are not. We're not discussing that one in details now. They were not the cause. Listen, until now, they've ended slave trade. Are you not not chaining yourself by yourself? Entering the boats and paying and say, here I am, use me. Is that not what we do now? Is that not what we do? Poverty, they say, oh, the continent is very rich. I say, wealth is not in the land, it's in people. Wealth is not in the land, it's in people. It's in people. That's why, listen, sometimes I look at all this noise they are making. Arab countries, Arab countries. You know, I've said it before. If Jesus does not come back soon, and they continue this one they are doing, desert thou art, complete it for me. To desert thou shall return. I don't know if I Dubai, 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 Saudi Arabia, just a look. No be Samsung. You can be doing oil now, plenty. And be making billionaires and developing societies. Listen. The day God will say it's enough. One, two angels will go and swim. They will raise so much waves, they will, they will wipe out the whole place. Boris Khalifa. Now, golf. You know Boris Khalifa? I think it's currently the worst toilet building till now. Have you? One angel will carry. You know golf? Angels still do such things. If wealth is not in the people, you think it's in oil, one day God will say, it's enough. It will turn the place back to what it used to be. And it may be, of course, not it may be. If Jesus doesn't come back and they don't change their ways, it will be in your lifetime. There's no me about that. Talking about salvation. Maybe if God helps me, I will get to that point. Because in salvation, poverty is also broken. Yes, in salvation, hmm, the only reason why a Christian will be poor, listen to me, in salvation, it has to be as a sacrifice in the course of the work of God. Like a man like Paul. Always moving from one point to the other. Never settling anywhere. If a true believer settled anywhere, it's a matter of time, he must prosper. Salvation, what is it? Poverty has been broken. That's part of salvation. That's part of salvation. That's part of salvation. I look at Africa and I say, no, we need to preach this gospel. We need to, look, thank God for what we are doing in Nigeria, that's Kingdom World Ministries now. My desire is to carry it and go to, you know, just spread out beyond Nigeria and fill the airwaves everywhere with the teaching of the word of God. Because if people hear the truth, sometimes when I watch African countries, you know, I embarrass me. I don't like watching, the, watching them on France 24 or BBC or CNN. You say, ha, ah, God. So I'll just look, I'll just look and say, God, how far now? Waiting. They'll show you the street of one capital city. He look, this is not capital city. They'll now block a major road with two tires. <laughs> you don't feel bad. Say, poverty is a bad thing. No. They say, the people are rioting. I say, that's a major road in a capital city. You just want to go to a new governor and say, oh, God, can we just collect a road and send it to the African country? Let them just lay it down there. One day some Africans, because we are streaming this, I won't tell you which country they came from. They came to Nigeria, so I decided to just take them out. So my wife and I drove them in the evening. They came for a conference. I was part of that conference. As I was driving them, you know, 
um, Ude was with us that day because he came to my house so we left together. So inside my car, my wife was there. There were three people, two ladies and one guy. Professionals, you know, they're all doctors, you know, specialists. At least the two, one the guy and the, one of the ladies. So we're just driving through Enugu at night and I showed them government house, Enugu. You know, you're just showing them places. I asked them, where have you been to? They came to Nigeria. They said, no, they flew straight to Enugu and straight to the hotel we were having a conference. They've been there. I said, ah, you came all the way from your end to here, and that's all you have seen? I said, no, this is not right. Let's go to the mall. So I just told them, wait. So I was supposed to go out with my wife that day, so I quickly called her, get ready, I'll come and pick you. We're taking some people out. So we went. As we go, we're just driving slowly to the, through different parts of, just independently out, you know, down to the mall, and then took another way back. So I got to the government house place. I just, oh, this, this, is our, uh, uh, this is our governor's house. I showed them where it started, near that brown and brown, where it starts. And then we kept on driving, driving. So I said, so I showed them where the fence ended. You know, with all the street lights, was on the road. In fact, one, the lady said, hmm, the roads are paved. <laughs> we go from their hotel till we go to the mall and back. Everywhere was smooth, you know. So I should say, this is the government house. This is where it starts. We drew, you know, Enugu government house is lovely. Land is massive. The fence is beautiful. And from there, you just see a lot of trees inside and grass. Then a few buildings. The man said, this is the governor's house or the president's house? <laughs> I said, the governor's house. This is where the governor stays? He shouted. I said, yes. He said, no wonder they don't want to leave office. <laughs> <laughs> he said, how can somebody, you know, until that day, it didn't strike me as anything fantastic. Yes. You know, it was nothing. It, that was the day I looked and said, okay, this is our governor's house is too big, you know. <laughs> you know, it, I had to be explained that, no, no, he's not only sleeping, he sleeps there, you know, he has office there. He, is that his state, no, his state secretary is somewhere else, actually, but I was just trying to explain that, no, like, ah, don't be alarmed. Don't bust an artery. It's just a normal house. I don't know whether I had the liver to show him the former governor's private residence just down the road. It's not good. <laughs> Listen. How am I talking about it? When I watch on t- look, it's because of, uh, nah, not those people now, as a continent, it's because of poverty. The country they are coming from, if we start counting the mineral resources in there, I hope you know Congo, that's DRC, is two and a half times the size of Nigeria. Every inch of land there is fertile. It's not like Nigeria that has some desert parts to what everywhere. The hills, the Bible says out of the hills you can dig copper. It's fulfilled literally in them. Rare earth, rare metals, all kinds of things. They are still one of the poorest countries in the world. Two and a half times. They said, I've forgotten where I was reading. I think they said they had 90, is it 95% of the land is arable land. The hills, the mines there, you dig strange metals out of the place. Some of the metals found there, without, there may be only two or three countries in the world will have them. Yet, one of the poorest countries on the earth. Do you know why? Strength, um, wealth is not in the land. Wealth is inside people. What is salvation? 
ability to bring out the wealth of God from inside you and then tap the wealth that's in the land. That's what salvation is. It is the Lord thy God that giveth you what? Power. It's, you need power. It's not the resources on the earth. It is the power that God gives that helps you bring out resources from the earth. Don't run out until you've gotten that power. That's, look, I, if God will allow me, if we allow, I really want to do that series. Because wealth is, is a spiritual endowment. You can be in the midst of plenty, which is why, what Africans have. But you are not able to take it. You know, listen, some of the countries with, that, that, that are blessed you know, financially, they turn the land, they will make, like corn now as an example. They will farm around the year. See, it's three, years, three times in my choice. They will get three crops out of it in a year. They will. If it's not dry on the field, they will drive it, some, they will dry it somewhere. They will clear the grass, mix everything together, pour something, pour one chemical fertilizer here, pour this one, put it in again. If any pest raises eyebrows, <laughs> you understand, they will kill it. By the time they are done, they will supply corn to you in Africa at half of the price of the one in your backyard. And you'll be wondering what happened. So that you can't compete. Your government has to lock its doors. Otherwise, you can't compete. Why? Wealth is not in the land. It's in people. What is salvation? Is God giving you the power to get wealth. And spreading it amongst all his people. So that you look at the people of God, there is not one feeble amongst them, financially. Not one. What is salvation? That the ancestral poverty in your life has been broken. What is salvation? Whichever land, listen, let me tell you one of the things I enjoy about God. I mean, my life, working with the Lord. Honestly, I owe it to him and to myself and to my generation to show that his power to generate wealth is in people and not in places. So no matter how much you advertise, ah, come over to Canada, there's money there, there's... I say no. We will stay in Enugu and become rich. No, Really? Come on. That's not the primary thing Jesus died for, but it's one of the things he died for. No. I like when the bishop used to say those days. That bishop Yudeko. He said, I'm not going to go anywhere to look for money. He now says something. He said, otherwise, how will I be able to tell my people they can be saved? I never forgot that statement. So I have a life that says, no, Banky, you have to be able to tell the people of God they can be saved. What is salvation? That the power to create wealth, the power to extract wealth out of the hills, out of the ground, it has been given to the believer in Christ. The power, do you get my point? That this God has spoken to the believer that concerning you, the earth must yield its increase. That's it. That the ground, listen to me, go and read your Bible. The ground is never cursed in itself. It's always cursed for somebody's sake. 
Read your Bible. Read it. Cursed is the ground because of you. So when I bank it, step on it, I bring the blessing of God. When you step on it, you bring the blessing of God. So it can speak to that earth. You are blessed because I'm standing on you. Ah, uh-uh. Did God not say curse is the earth? That yet, Moses came, he said, you are standing on holy ground. So your presence, the presence of God inside you, converts an area of land that was cursed into a holy ground. That is what salvation is. That is what salvation is. That is what salvation is. What is salvation? That you will get into political office with your brethren out there supporting you. And you will, your presence will destroy principalities that, that will say that the place will not progress. That is what salvation is. Salvation is that the anointing of Daniel to put, listen to what I'm going to say, to put the enemies of godliness into the fiery furnace has come. That is salvation. So, listen to what I want to say again. What is salvation? That Daniels in this generation will arise. They will enter into political office and people will plot against them. And every plotter against Daniel is going to the lion's den. Everyone that plots against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are going to the fairy furnace. That's it. That is what salvation is. That is what salvation is. I'm telling you, that is what salvation is. Salvation is not a joke. No, it's not. It's not church membership. Church membership is not salvation. No. Church membership is not salvation. Salvation is that Christ says, I'm creating copies of myself to extend my dominion onto the earth. That is what salvation is. Let us pray. I just feel like stopping. I've spoken enough. Let's bow down our heads. Let's thank God. Let's thank God for the word first. Thank him for the word. Say, Lord, I am grateful for this word that you have sent to me again. I am grateful for this word. Let's thanksgiving arise from your hearts. Thank him. Lord, thank you for sending this word to me. Thank you, Lord, for opening my eyes. Again, to what that package, what that package, what it carries. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Open your mouth and thank him. It's a total package and what I believe God has been doing for us is, you know, opening the package gradually, gradually, as it gives us understanding. It's opening the package. Thank him that, again, the package has been opened this evening. It's a total package. We understand that we've been set free, that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We understand that. But we have also understood this evening that, Indeed, we don't have, you know, to struggle. Just thank him and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That we can prosper even in the land. He says, if you are willing and obedient, then you will eat the good of this land. Lord, we thank you for opening our eyes in that regard. That there is good in the land. And that we can be partakers of the good that is in this land. We thank you because we carry what it's, you know, what this land needs to bring forth. 
everything that you have deposited in this land. Thank him. Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful. Now, I'd like you to begin to pray for yourself. I'd like you to begin to pray for yourself. That everything, you know, that the Lord is gradually opening our eyes to this, you know, to this truth. That we begin to see it manifest in our lives. In the name of Jesus, pray. If you are a businessman, you begin to see that prosperity begin to manifest in your business. You grow from employing 5 to 10. From 10 to 20. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Open your mouth and begin to pray. You are effective in that place that God has placed you as an employee. You have the, you know, the, you know God is walking through you. You have the creative mind of God to bring things, to make things happen in that place that God has placed you. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. No, we are not beggars. We are not beggars. We make things happen. That is what salvation is. Like, you know, we have learned this evening. We are not begging anybody. No, we are not slaves. We are not slaves. It's a total package that the Lord has given to us. It's a total package. Begin to pray. That through your hands, the Lord will cause things to happen. That through your mind, you bring things into manifestation. Things that God wants to do on this earth. In this country, Nigeria. In this land, the Nugu that we are in. If you're joining us, you can pray from wherever you are. That where you are, God will cause things to happen as a result, or you know, because you're in that land. Pray. I'm creative. I have the mind of God. In the name of Jesus, I have the mind of God. Because of me, this land is blessed. Because of me, this land is blessed. Because of me, this land is blessed. Because of me. Because of us. Because of the church. This land is blessed. Because of the church. You are the church, I'm the church. You work for somebody. While you are there, the Bible said, while Jacob was in Laban, Laban prospered. That person you work for, that organization is increasing because of you. In the name of Jesus. Because of Joseph, the Bible said, Potiphar inquired from his gods. And it was discovered that the blessings he was receiving came because Joseph was introduced into that home. Therefore, because of you, in the name of Jesus, prosperity comes in that place where you walk. No, coronavirus would not fold that company. No, because of you. No, not because, not because they know how to plan. It is because of you. It is because of you. It is because of you. It is because of, because of you. They are coming back in full force. That place where you work, they are coming back in full force. That organization, that company that you run, is not folding up. No, it's not folding up. It's breaking forth. In fact, you will thank God that this thing happened. Now, why? Because you are there. Because a Joseph is there. Because a Jacob is there in the house of Laban. In the name of Jesus. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. You are praying for yourself. You carry the blessing of God. This is what salvation is. That we carry the blessing of God. And where darkness is, as soon as we step in, the light of God radiates. In the name of Jesus. This is what salvation is. That you don't have to be barren. That fruitfulness is yours. That the land is fruitful for your sake. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for opening our eyes to this truth. For opening our eyes to this truth. We bless your name. Give the Lord thanks again. Give the Lord thanks. If you're excited like I am, then let thanksgiving arise from your heart. And say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We walk in this boldness. We walk in this confidence. 
It's not about what we want to eat now. No, that is already supplied. No, your bread is supplied. Your water is blessed. It's about affecting others. It's about affecting others. It's about showing this, the light to others. It's not where you want to live. No, that one is settled. The Lord has established your home. In the name of Jesus, the land produces for your, for, for your sake. In the name of Jesus. No, it's about reaching out to others now. Showing others this light that we have received. We are settled in Christ. We are settled in Christ. We are not struggling. We are not struggling. Even if it appears that things are not working. No, we are still not struggling. That is the truth. We are not struggling. We feel for those that don't have this light. Therefore, we shine this light out. In the name of Jesus. Give the Lord thanks if you are excited like I am. Let thanksgiving arise from your hearts because you are breaking forth. You are going to see it manifest in your life. You are going to see it manifest in your business. Your children carry this light. Give the Lord thanks. Give him thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for this truth. Thank you for this truth. We give you praise. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Blessed be God forever. Blessed be God forever. We are grateful, Lord Jesus. From the depth of our heart, we say thank you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. The Lord is good. Let's rise to our feet. Let's go home. You are saved. Somebody say amen. amen. You are delivered. Give me an amen. amen. You are healed. Say amen. amen. Poverty has been broken in your life. Amen. Poverty is not just having money. Uh, not having money. Wealth is not just having money. It's productivity. Are you getting my point? Once your wealth is not the creation of value in the lives of people, you are a thief. Onyoshi. Do you get my point? <laughs> Barawa, it's true. If you are depriving other people to become rich, you are not, you are not blessed. God says you'll be blessed, you'll be what? A blessing. So your wealth is to increase the life, blessing the lives of other people. I hope you're getting my point. So what am I, this is my prayer for you. You will be productive. Amen. Not just to have money, but to be productive. Amen. You will solve problems. Amen. You will be like Daniel. This ability to solve difficult problems. Amen. It will be in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Ability. Somebody say ability. 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 It will be in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Joseph became great, not because God promised him something alone. God promised him yes, but the manifestation was that he solved the problem for Pharaoh, for Egypt, and the whole world at that time. The Joseph spirit received it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen to me, you are not a beggar. Amen. You are a winner, Amen. and you are a giver. Amen. I say you are a winner, Amen. and you are a giver. Amen. If they are paying you less than you are worth, be, be happy. That's how it's supposed to be. You should be happy. I make this man half a million naira every month. But it just gives me a small thing. Don't feel bad. Some people just say, this is cheating. No, you are blessed. You are showing a real sign that you are from heaven. I hope you are getting my point. That anybody you interact with, you are positive. When you finish, you are positive. Are you getting my point? I mean, he said it. Um, um, uh, Potiphar noticed it. Laban also noticed it. Potiphar saw Joseph, said, my God. Laban saw Jacob. He said, Jacob, you can't go, you can't go. I found that God bless me for your sake. Wherever you go, you'll be a blessing. Amen. Even in government office, you'll be a blessing. Amen. The most government office, they're not expecting anything. But you, you'll be a blessing there. Amen. Listen, if you sell goods, those who buy from you, they will be blessed. Amen. They will be blessed. Amen. If you offer services, those who use your services, they will be blessed. Amen. 
Why? Because salvation says you are blessed and you are a blessing. I speak to you that you are a blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, that ailment that will not let you be a blessing, I curse it today in Jesus' name. Upon the cross of Jesus, it was removed. So he has no right to stay in your body. So we speak to every infirmity, every affliction, be gone in the name of Jesus. Freedom is your portion. This is what salvation is. You have been set free. This is what salvation is. You have been redeemed. This is what salvation is. You are an overcomer. This is what salvation is. Every curse has been broken. And you are free in Christ Jesus. Father, we give you thanks for today. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Come on, let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the spirit of Christ. Live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you bless two people around you? Just your left, your right. This is your season.